This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Welcome, everybody, to the Golf Gambling Podcast. You are seeing just me tonight, uh, Steve Shermer. Boston Capper, the last I heard from him, uh, apparently he was drinking all day today, probably because of how horrible Rory was. Uh, maybe he was working up, you know, maybe using some alcohol to fuel uh, some sort of five-minute rant about how big of a bum he was and just, you know, share that to the world. But you're going to have to wait for that probably tomorrow. Uh, he's taking the night off. So it's just me tonight. I'll probably give a Rory rant in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm going to go over a little bit of a quick pre, uh, recap of the Wells Fargo. I didn't get a chance to watch much this weekend, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I had a lot of yard work to do. I had to build a bed for the baby. A lot of real life stuff got in the way of uh, actually watching golf, but I was following from afar. And uh, listen, I I, uh, I unfortunately needed Xander to uh, have the win this week in order to prevent my worst week of the year. Actually, my worst week probably since Sanderson. Um, not great. Usually, if I don't hit an outright, I need positionals to save me. It did not happen. I only hit uh, Taylor Moore top 40, Cage Lee top 40, Grio top 40, and Ricky was my only top 20 to hit. Everybody else was kind of sunk. Uh, and I think that's probably how I'm going to lead off uh, this uh, top of the show. I mean, you know, congratulations to Wyndham Clark. Uh, listen, Oklahoma State guy. We talk about Carson Creek, Tom Fazio. It was right there is what it is. He played great. I watched a lot. I, I, as I was building the bed, I had uh, the golf on uh, the laptop and when Clark was just awesome. Uh, he was going toe to toe with Xander and as someone with a Xander ticket, it's pretty disappointing seeing that he only shot one under today. Uh, I saw early that he tied it up uh, with Clark after Clark bogeyed the opening hole. Unfortunately, uh, Xander's Potter really let him down. He gained 2.9 strokes to the green today, lost 1.4. It is what it is. I mean, I, that's somebody who I have questioned if he has, you know, what his killer instinct is, you know, especially in crunch time. Unfortunately, that didn't really show up today. It's probably a reason why I'm probably not going to bet him for Oak Hill. I understand everything looks great with him, the ball striking, and, you know, he's long off the tee. His long irons look really good. To me, a lot of things I'm going to be looking for for Oak Hill, but I just don't know if I can get there for an outright. And plus, I've already bet two guys, and there's another guy I'm eyeing up to for uh, uh, winning the PGA. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, otherwise, though, I mean, it was good to see uh, Hatton do very well. We're going to see him in the field of Byron Nelson this week. Uh, if we're all wrong that this thing is not going to be a bomber fest, it's going to be mostly just, all right, you know, um, you know, really solid ball strikers, accuracy, all that stuff. I mean, you know, Hatton could be a good choice for that, but you know, we'll see about that. Um, you know, Sunjay was hanging around the top five all week, had kind of a terrible, uh, Sunday here. Um, you know, it is what it is. He didn't really hit his irons all that great this week. Uh, we'll see where he goes from there. I guess where I, what I really want to talk about, probably I'm putting words in my mouth uh, with my co-host is Rory and, Maybe I shouldn't have called uh, Rory top 10 lock of the week. That was a horrible call. It looked good on fr on Thursday. He was three under. And then it, it just, the wheels fell off on Friday. Nothing was really working for him. And just looking at his stats overall, it's just, it's really lifeless from him. 
Uh, lost strokes off the tee, lost strokes with the irons, lost strokes putting. The only thing was good is around the green. I'm trying to keep in the right state of mind with him in that maybe everyone's going to be out on him and his odds are going to drift and somehow he lands at like 14 to 1 or 16 to 1 and then at that point I can probably squeeze him in my card. I still think he's a good fit for Oak Hill based on how it's going to play and how the weather has been. We got drenched again today. Uh, the weather forecast looks a little more favorable in a couple of weeks, but just with how the changes are and that type of golf course and what I think is going to value. If he's in the right state of mind, he should be good. But I think I, I really wanted him to just look competent, to look confident too, not competent and confident coming off the masters. And we got kind of neater <laughs> and that's concerning that that's that seed of doubt is now in my mind with Rory. Like it did just playing so bad at the masters with all the expectations. Did that just screw him up? I'm trying to resist that urge, but I can't help myself from thinking that. So that was disappointing. Cam Young was disappointing. Although I think just the weight of everybody picking him this week uh, was too much. Um, you know, I still have a bet on him for 40 to one. Do I feel awesome about the fact that he, you know, I bet a guy to win his first ever, uh, PG tour event at a major. No, I don't feel great about that, but Oak Hill actually was the site of a guy who won his first, uh, event ever, uh, in Sean McKeel, a different golf course, a different time, but I'm going to be making that argument in a couple of weeks, defending the Cam Young pick. Cause, uh, I don't feel awesome about it. But if it really is turning to a driving contest, that's a guy I want to, you know, pick. And then, I mean, Morikawa, uh, that was really concerning. What did he do this week? Um, I mentioned to Capper that, so he got up to a really good start. He was two under after the front nine. And then things just fell apart. And what I've noticed about Morikawa is, especially when the putter just isn't on, he gets really frustrated. And it seems like that kind of bleeds into other parts of his game. And he kind of just checks out at that point. I saw it at Scottsdale earlier this year where he was hitting the ball fine and then just no putts were going down. He kind of just checked out of the tournament and had a pretty pitiful miscut. Same thing happened here. That's a guy I like for Oak Hill. I think even if it is going to turn into a place where, you know, longer guys have an advantage, I don't mind him, but. I don't love the fact that he kind of just quit on this. I feel like, I feel like he quit <laughs> to be perfectly honest. So other than that though, I mean, listen, congratulations to Win McClark. Uh, we got a good performance out of Ricky, out of Xander, a couple guys who are kind of on my radar for Oak Hill doing well heading in. Uh, but now we're going to transition to uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson, which I think I did a solo show on this uh, a couple years ago. My opinion hasn't really changed about the place. So we'll take another break and then we will start going to the Byron Nelson and all the uh, betting strategies uh, you should have for it. All right. Well, like I mentioned at the, uh, the top of the show here, uh, it is shady may and we are partnering with shady rays this, uh, this may. Uh, and not only are you going to get an amazing 50% off uh, any purchase you make with shady rays during the month of may, but you also have a chance to win $500 and shady Ray has you covered. Uh, you know, from the sun to the slopes, they got premium polarized shades, customized snow goggles, and much more. 
And Shady Ray's, you know, they have really durable frames. You know, so if you ever, you know, I have a kid and, you know, with, if, with Shady Ray's, she's going to throw it everywhere. It's going to land on the ground, the pavement, whatever. And I know that with my Shady Ray's, they're just going to stay perfectly intact. No scratches or anything at all. Uh, it's a lot of confidence I have in that product considering my uh, my preschooler loves to just, when she's in the throes of a tantrum, just rip the sunglasses off my face and just throw them wherever. So, uh, and that's not all. Uh, Shady Ray's offers the most insane protection of all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break a pair, uh, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after uh, they have your back after long after you purchase it. So if you don't love them, uh, exchange for a new pair, return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you stop with Shady Rays and they always have your back. So go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses and take your seat to sports7podcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. All right, let's move on from the Wells Fargo, uh, my worst week of the year, um, and move on to the Byron Nelson. Hope we can do a little better. So, this um, this golf, it's 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 a golf course we're going to go to this week. I don't have a whole lot of positive opinion to have about TPC Craig Ranch. I know that uh, our good podcast friend Andy Lack had Joe Lamagna on uh, to rank all the golf courses a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, I think I believe Jill Lamagna's worst golf course of the entire PGA Tour was TBC Craig Ranch. I don't really have a whole lot of problems with that. Uh, I personally would put another terrible TPC golf course dead last that we're going to see uh, later on this summer. But honestly, after diving in again about what happened last year, what's happened the last two years, this is kind of a dud uh, golf course. And it's a shame, too, because you know this was... And I thought a pretty good venue at Trinity Forest for a couple of years. You know, it was it was by Corin Crenshaw, who did Kapalua, does a lot of great work around the country. You know, and it just it, it looked different than everything we usually see in the PG Tour. It was wide. There was no rough. It was firm, fast, undulating. Even though it was basically on a flat piece of property, they moved a lot of earth, create a lot of mounds and hills and undulations to the greens and everything. It, 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 it played best as a firm and fast golf course. Now we didn't really see that because a, the weather would usually pour rain um, when uh, the tournament came around, but B the PG tour was also really scared of, uh, you know, letting this thing get too out of control because, you know, typically when players get to kind of a golf course like this, you have a whole lot of negative attitudes about it. And it, it, it was a very popular venue for fans either. There was no protection. So in like really hot temperatures, you couldn't sit under a tree at all. It just, it, it, and it was on, a, on an old dump. It was kind of out, you know, a little bit in the middle of nowhere. So they left the place. I enjoyed it when it was at Trinity Forest. They left and then they moved it to TBC Craig Ranch. So uh, that was built in 2006, uh, it was built by Tom, the late Tom Weisskopf, who you know him for uh, not only just his golf career, but for uh, being responsible for TBC Scottsdale, one of the most popular events on the PG Tour, one of the most popular golf courses in the PG Tour. And, you know, I remember when we talked about TBC Scottsdale, um, one of my biggest critiques about TBC Scottsdale was how kind of boring and bland the first nine holes are, but the back nine is great. There's a lot of really exciting, I wouldn't say like great architecture holes, but a lot of really exciting holes, a lot of opportunities for lots of birdies or car crashes and everything like that. Um, I guess if I could sum up TBC Craig Ranch, 
uh, for you all is basically it's those first nine holes of TBC Scottsdale. And that's the entire uh, 18 holes. There really is nothing to this place. And we'll get to some of the scoring and difficulty of it. But there's a reason why these guys have ripped this place up and why the winning score last year is 26 under and the cut line is six under. Um, there just isn't much to this place. So one positive about TBC Craig Ranch, it has a creek that bisects the property. I do think they did a pretty good job weaving the golf course around the creek just for aesthetic purposes. It doesn't actually come into play for these guys. It kind of is just there. It's more for eye candy, I would say. Uh, so technically, even if the GCSAA says that water is um, in play, quote unquote, uh, on like 14 of 18 holes or whatever the number is, it's in play maybe once. That's Creek. There's an actually an artificial water hazard, I think, at the par 315. That actually is the only water really in play. Otherwise, we'll talk about it. It's very vanilla. It's bland. It's wide fairways. You can hit driver everywhere. The greens are kind of flat and slow. There just isn't really a whole lot of interesting things to it. Um, I would also say, too, that this golf course probably has one of the worst drivable par fours uh, on the entire PGA Tour. I think it's hole number six. It's 350 yards. It's guarded by a front bunker, but just all along, like you know, off the fairway, it's just bunker, 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 like every five, six, seven yard, like every five, like 10 yards or so. It just looks ugly. It looks like somebody, you know, was building a drivable par four on PG Tour 2K or something and just went way too nuts with the bunkers. That's all it is. I mean, the only strategy just basically hit it close to the green, bail yourself out in that front bunker, get them down for birdie. You see a lot of that, this golf course where, you know, this, you know, hit driver, hit iron. There's not really a whole lot of adversity around the green. There's no real penalty for missing a green either. So there just really is a lot to this. Unfortunately, we're kind of getting into this time of year where a lot of the golf, a lot of the golf courses playing on the PG tour are going to be a little weaker. Um, my interest level usually goes down a whole lot. Um, maybe I need to do a better job going to, Depending on golf courses where I don't really love the golf course, I tend to see that there's a kind of a positive correlation between how much I like a golf course and how well I usually do gambling. So, um, but anyways, TBC Craig Ranch, not really a whole lot to it. Uh, why don't we just move on to the betting strategies after we take a break? Uh, and we'll go over just some of the things I'm looking for uh, this week. All right. So, Let's talk about our new sponsor, Talkify. So, and life is full of what ifs. So, you know, what if you're trying something new when it comes to dating? Uh, Talkify is a new way to meet other singles. And what if they help you find what you're looking for? And, you know, I mean, dating nowadays, it's, it's a lot different than what it was when I was in my early 20s. Usually we just go to a bar and you'd have to, um, you know, strike up a conversation with the female and like, you know, buy them drink and everything like that. Now, like there's so many options about, with dating, but you know, ever since COVID, I feel like happened, we all kind of became a little bit solid, you know, solitary and not really pretty antisocial. So it's hard to date nowadays. And you know, with you know, stresses of jobs and everything like that, maybe you find it, you know, you don't have enough time to actually try and find the love of your life. 
So uh, Talkify is the country's number one match, modern matching service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Uh, their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful to compelling candidates so you, you can date cons- consciously and productively. And here's how it works. Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. You know, it's better than some of the other dating services where basically just kind of a, you know, like a, you know, AI, you're filling out something like that, and then they just match you off. This one actually has real life people talking to you to get your interest to actually better match you up. Then they'll select and you're screening your potential match candidates with you, doing a background checks, video interviews, and asking tough questions that you might be too awkward uh, to ask on your first dates. You know, and from there, your matchmaker plans, your date introductions, handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. And Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. So right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. Okay, let's move on betting strategies. Um, so here's some general information about TBC Craig Ranch. We'll go over agronomy, we'll go over the holes, and then we'll go over each relative skill set, talk about what's challenging. Spoiler alert, there's not much challenging. We'll go from there. So TBC Craig Ranch, par 71, plays low under over 7,400 yards. Uh, there is a slight change to uh, the scoring of the holes of this layout from the last two tournaments. And maybe because... Uh, People have the PGA in a couple two couple weeks. It's a very weak field that you know. Scotty Scheffler high, high, highlights it. You got Spieth, you got Hideki, you got Haddon. Otherwise, really bad field. Last year's field was actually pretty good. This one's not very good at all. Uh, so maybe people are going to miss this little change. So typically, this has four par fives. In 2023, they're actually taking the 12th hole, which was I think like 533. It was very easy hole. They're actually converting it into a long par four. Uh, it's going to play 493 yards. So while this hole artificially make it tougher because last year, I think the scoring average was about four, you know, 4.4. Now the scoring average is probably going to be about 4.4. So one of the hardest holes on the, on the golf course from an overall sca- scoring strategy point, there's nothing, there's no change. Basically it's get to the green and two, get a four and move on. Um, otherwise though, uh, same as last year. The, the only other thing I know is the GCSAA is for in terms of agronomy, um, which it's bentgrass greens, it is zoysia fairways, and it is Bermuda rough. That the weather forecast or the weather conditions so far this year has been wet, it's been cool in Dallas. I can ask my producer a little bit more about this, um, because he lives in Dallas, but apparently they've had a tough time growing in a lot of the grass, and the Bermuda has had a little bit of trouble emerging from dormancy. So uh, the rough might not be all that thick this year, and it's definitely not as dense. Uh, they also had to patch a lot of areas around the green. I remember at the stadium course uh, on PJ West, they had to patch a lot of areas uh, around um, that really deep bunker at 16. It looked like <laughs> it looked pretty bad. I don't expect this golf course to look very good on television this week either. We'll see. Uh, the greens average about 6,800 square feet in area, which is a little bigger uh, than PJ Tour average. That's going to come into play for a couple of reasons as we uh, uh, get down the line. So here's a summary of all the holes at TBC Craig Ranch. So four par, par threes. Yeah, hole number four plays 219 this year. Yeah, hole number seven plays 232. Hole number 15 plays 216. Hole number 17 plays 147. Interesting thing about uh, hole number 17 
I think in order to create some juice to this event, they're actually uh, going to turn the 17th into like a stadium hole, kind of like at the 16th TBC Scottsdale. Obviously, you got the links with Weisskopf and Scottsdale. I think they're going to try this year. They tried it at a couple other venues. They tried it at Honda Classic. They tried it at uh, the Rocket Mortgage. You know, it's kind of successful with Honda. It's not really successful with the Honda or uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. I don't know. Anytime they try and do something like this, like the reason why the 16th is so great is because a lot of that is just organic. It's not forced. And when you're kind of forcing a party atmosphere like this, it just doesn't feel all that great. So, uh, but anyways, the main uh, points about these par threes is that three of them are pretty long. Uh, you know, they all play over 200 yards. Now, you know, a couple of them might be a little bit win aided, so it doesn't really truly play like 200. But um, if there is an area that I guess would be difficult about TBC Craig Match, it is these par threes. So uh, they play to a historical scoring average of about a little over three. So they are technically over par, but of all tournaments with at least five events since 2015, the par threes of TBC Craig Ranch are still the six easiest on the PG Tour. So, um, you know, look, like with pretty big landing zones, only the 15th has water on it. There's not a ton of adversity uh, for any of these players. So, um, but if they are going to be tested, it's probably going to be in these par threes. Uh, all right, let's talk about the par fours. So this year, uh, there's two drivable par, four, par fours. Uh, it's the sixth, which I mentioned at the top of the show. I think there's another one on the back nine. Uh, there's only, I think, one or two that play between 375 and 425. And then 22% of the par, four, of the, uh, par fours, which I think is four, four or five. It's, uh, no, I take that back. It's three of 11. Those are 425 to 475, and then three of 11 are 475 plus. So there are, the par fours kind of are on a little bit of the longer side. Uh, you're going to have three of them at least that play over 475. You know, another three that play between 425, 475. So there's, this is, can be a little bit of a test of your mid to long irons with the par fours. But even without that, um, these are still some of the easiest uh, par fours. <laughs> excuse me, on the PGA Tour. In fact, they are the easiest of any golf courses with at least five events since 2015. You look at the scoring averages of this place, that probably is no surprise. So uh, again, everything is just right out in front of you. You hit driver, not a whole lot of penalty areas. Basically, just avoid the fairway bunkers. You can hit onto the green. They usually can be pretty soft because with the Texas heat, you got to water the, the bent grass a lot or else it's going to die. They're flat. They're slow. You know, I mean, it can, it can become kind of target practice out there. So the par fours, not all difficult. And then the par fives, like I mentioned, the, you know, number 12 is going to be converted into a longer par four this year. Uh, otherwise, hole number five was, is 593, but that's still pretty reachable. I think with the prevailing winds, it helps these guys get there in two. Uh, hole number nine is 564. The creek technically bisects the hole, but it's like 40 yards short of the hole. It really takes like a gross miss by a PG Tour professional to actually land in there. It's just there for just aesthetics. Uh, otherwise, it's drivable, or it's you can get there in two. And same thing, hole number 18, closing hole 552 get there in two it's an opportunity for maybe a birdie for the you know eventual winner to get over the hump get that so again like the par fours everything's right out in front of you hit driver not a lot of adversity and that's why 
uh, since 2015 of all events with at least five court, uh, five events. Uh, it's the fit. It's the third easiest on the PG tour. Again, look at the scoring averages. Uh, you wouldn't be all that surprised. Only Wiley and Sudgefield Country Club actually consistently play easier uh, than TBC Craig Branch. So again, lots of easy holes, lots of opportunities to get a lot of birdies in this place, especially in the par fours and par fives. Uh, let's move to off the tee. And as I'm going to hammer in your head uh, a lot this uh, the, tonight, there's a very easy golf course. There's not a whole lot of adversity. Uh, it starts right with off the tee. Uh, it ranks as the fourth easiest in PGA Tour for difficulty off the tee. Again, like I mentioned a couple times, there's not a whole lot of difficulty off the tee when you're looking out there. Fairly wide fairways. It's uh, one of the as some of the widest fairways actually in the PGA Tour. Uh, basically, the only thing you got to avoid is a fairway bunker. Otherwise, you can just wail away with driver, get it out there. Uh, in fact, uh, it actually has, uh, I think they, they average, of all drives, average about 294 off the tee. And of all events, with at least five tournaments since 2015, it's actually the fourth longest rate in the PG Tour. So again, not many opportunities for a guy to show up there and be like, okay, maybe I got a club down and I got to take this hazard into consideration. No. You got there, long and straight, hit out there, you're fine. Uh, let's talk about approach shots. So uh, I broke it down based on proximity buckets. So under 100 yards, there's about one and a half shots per uh, per round as you can see Craig ranch. Uh, that's probably on your drivable par fours, either you lay up or you get to the green. So about one and a half times you're hitting from hundred, less than hundred yards, 100, 125, about one and a quarter shots. Depends on the hole or depends on the player. Uh, 125 to 150 you're hitting about three shots around uh, 150, 175, about three shots around 175, 200, three shots around 200, 225, about three shots around and 225 plus three and a half shots around. So here's what I want to break it down. There's ways you can actually separate the types of holes from this proximity chart here. So I just mentioned that, you know, a lot of these par fives are reachable. You're not like, get, you know, laying up into hitting a wedge shot in. So automatically, you can take a lot of the stuff, especially from over 225, get that out of your proximity data, because the only thing you really need is par five scoring. That's really important this week. You got to make sure you guys get birdies on these par fives. So don't double count it by looking at anything over 225 your proximity. Just look at par five scoring, especially because like because there's not any adversity around any of these par fives. Like you get a guy who doesn't as long as all that great, but as long as he gets up and down, a birdie is a birdie. So I don't really care if you from 225 you take a guy who hits it at 20 feet or a guy that hits it at 50. If the guy from 50 gets up and down for birdie and the guy from 20 feet misses the putt, which he probably will anyways, same score. So get that out of your, your models, anything over 225. It's not going to matter this week. Uh, and then just focus on anything. Just You can just focus on just over 200. And that'll just, and specifically, if you, if you can actually work, look at um, uh, just performance on par threes over 200 yards, it'd be great. Otherwise, if you just look at over 200, your proximity, that's going to cover your par threes for the most part. So separate that. And then if you take anything from 125 to 200, those are your, all your par four. So you, now you have three different segments of data, which you can actually weight evenly that covers all your par threes for the most part, covers all your par fours with the 125 to 200 yard approximate stats, and you cover your par five scoring. That's all you need. It, it kind of just breaks it down pretty simple like that. And that's what I'm going to be using you know, for my uh, dashboard is just kind of looking at each parts individually. And going from there. 
But otherwise, though, you know, these are really easy approach shots. It is features the second easiest approach shots in the PGA Tour. Greens are fairly big. There's not a lot of undulations to them. I mean, it's that's a reason why these guys score pretty well at these places. Uh, around the green, again, not a whole lot of adversity around the green. Of all golf courses, we've released five tournaments since 2015. TBC Craig Ranch features the easy conditions around the green on the PGA Tour. Uh, look, I mean, if you're scrambling from off the fairway, you base a tree like a long putt. You can putt from off there. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, greens are rather flat, so even if you find yourself in a bunker or in the rough, uh, you know, the greens run pretty slow, too. You can get up and down pretty easily for a PG Tour professional around these places. So uh, it also features the fifth least penal rough and sixth least penal bunkers around the green. Again, the combination of flat greens, slow greens, getting up and down is not very difficult at TBC Craig Ranch. And then putting. Uh, again, I was trying to find a place where this one is actually difficult, and it's not. Uh, of all golf course, we at least five tournaments in 2015. TBC Craig Ranch has the fourth easiest greens to putt on. Again, the combination is slow, flat, bent grass greens. These greens are going to run really good. Uh, it features the seventh easiest uh, for putts under five feet, six easiest from five to 15 feet, second easiest, second easiest from uh, over 15 feet. Uh, and then just to further reinforce this, so last year the PGA Tour averaged for three putt percentage, about 3% of all holes. It's only about 2.5% for T- uh, uh, Byron Nelson or at TBC Craig Ranch. So. That's not all that helpful what I just went through for the last 15 minutes or so. Literally, everything's easy. So how are we actually going to pick this week? Well, we got to, I guess, kind of look at what type of players have actually done well here. And then we got to look at actually what's mattered uh, in the tournament. There's a couple things. I put this in my article. That'll be up a little later. I unfortunately forgot to tell my editor who's ready. Oops, my bad. But it'll be up. You can go look at the charts. You can look at the relative skill set chart. You can look at the... uh, uh, the chart that drives variance in scoring, basically what attribute contributes to the total variance in strokes gained. And there's a couple patterns you do see with this. First of all, it seems like office just doesn't matter, at least in the profile player or in tournaments. So there's a very low correlation of guys who either have a successor who are longer hitters or short hitters. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. And you see that in some of the leaderboards when you look it up. And same thing with driving accuracy. Guys were accurate. Guys are not accurate. They all found success here. There's not a little lot of correlation between the two. Uh, and then in tournament, uh, the variance in total strokes gain is less impacted by off the tee performance in, at TBC Craig Ranch than it is in the average PG Tour events. But again, off the tee is not really going to matter a lot. And that makes sense considering it's really wide fairways. You hit driver a lot. There's not a lot of adversity around each hole. It's not very tough driving holes. Off the tee is not really going to matter all that much to me this week. Um, there is a slight co- correlation to better iron players who dwell at this event than guys who don't. I would attribute that to the fact that, you know, look, you got to put yourself, it's a birdie, Jimmy, it's a birdie fest. You have to be able to hit your irons to get yourself in a pretty favorable spot to make a lot of birdies. So better iron players can usually hit it a little closer to the hole, take advantage of scoring opportunities. Um, so that's why there's a little bit better emphasis, you know, as far as a profile player you want to look at, usually better iron players do a little better. However, in term performance, though, hasn't really mattered a whole lot. Uh, it actually contributes a lot. Your iron performance at TBC Craig Ranch contributes a lot less to the total variance and strokes gain uh, at the tournament than the average PGA Tour. So I actually buy a, a pretty fair, fair margin uh, here. So I would attribute that to the fact that these are pretty easy pro shots, not a whole lot of difficulty. 
it's hard to separate yourself uh, from the group. You know, let's say, because there's probably more guys who are going to be able to hit it within 20 feet here because it's not all that difficult. So it's hard to gain strokes, harder to gain strokes on the field with your approach shots at Craig Ranch. However, tend to shade a little better towards your better iron players, especially from some of the proximity ranges I looked at, you know, 125, 200 for your par threes, over 200, for, or 125, 200 for your par fours, over 200 for your par threes. Look at that a little bit. Uh, around the green, there is a little bit of a higher correlation to guys who tend to be a little better around the green to those who have success here, at least pre-tournament as far as the profile player you look at. As far as how it actually impacts the tournament, about average with the PG Tour. It, uh, you know, basically, you know, Data Golf estimates that total strokes gain on the average PG Tour venue, uh, the variance is, you know, around the green performance basically contributes about 14.5% to the total variance. It's about 14.4 last year towards the total, you know, strokes gain. So it's not a large part. It's not all that important, but basically just wait around the green as you would any other tournament, it seems like. But potting, though. Potting seems like that's the big differential at this place. Uh, not only does it has this fav- slightly favored better putters at this event, but putting has had a higher weight towards the total variance in, sh- in total strokes gained at this event. So basically, in layman's terms, this is a putting contest. Um, guys who hit more putts tend to separate themselves a little easier on the leaderboard than guys who don't. That's not rocket science when the winning score is 26 under and you got to hit a lot of birdies. You got to hit a lot of 12 footers, 15 footers, all that stuff. So that's basically my strategy this week. I don't love these putting contests. I don't love betting on these contests. I don't love the fact that I'm on a two week losing streak and trying to break it at TBC Craig Ranch. That's not ideal, uh, but it is what it is. We're going to try to do our best. Uh, I'll try and give you good picks this week. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what I'm looking for this week. Just kind of looking at you know, because I don't feel like there it really is a one-size-fits-all for this place. Just kind of look at a profile player. Are there a lot of ways for you to make birdie at this place? Or is there anything that's going to really sabotage that uh, at this tournament? Can he hit some putts? That's really about it. So that's it. Uh, tomorrow, we will be back uh, with Boston Capper going over DFS pricing. Uh, trying to find some value under $8,000 with some complete bums. Uh, I hope you liked enjoying my preview tonight. Uh, Check us out tomorrow. And with that, have a good night. And we'll see you tomorrow night for the DFS show for the 18T Byron Nelson. 